Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I hope you are enjoying these inspirational interviews, and I hope that they are helping you to discover how to make the decision to overcome childhood trauma, develop self-love, and live a life of peace and joy. On today's show, we're going to be talking about self-care on the most important person in your life, and that is you. Our guest today is Catherine Ford. Catherine is a master life coach, consultant, professional speaker, and author. She is the founder and president of Excellence Institute, the premier training center for living a life of excellence. Through her coaching programs, she teaches essential tools and methods that allow people to live a life that they are loving. For more information, you can visit Catherine's website, Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Ford, F-O-R-D, dot com. Welcome, Catherine, and I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. I know there are so many people who could benefit from it. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all your listeners out there as well. Thank you. Let's start this conversation with how you started your journey. I'm curious what the defining moment was in your life that started your passion to talk and teach about self-care and self-love. Well, my journey began 26 years ago when I was 26 years old. I was busy climbing the corporate ladder, very successful, having this wonderful life with lots of goals and dreams and aspirations just right there in front of me. And one day I was coming home from work and had a very intensely, just a real bad headache and a a real intense pain in my left eye. And I thought, well, this is strange. I wasn't one that, you know, had headaches uh, frequently or anything like that. But I just took a couple aspirin and, and went to sleep that night. I woke up with a severe pain in my left eye. It was as though I had a knife in my eye. It was just a stabbing pain. And I would ultimately go blind in that eye. My mom is a nurse practitioner, and we were living in Minnesota at the time. She whisked me up and took me down to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, where they told me that I had multiple sclerosis. So I was, in fact, devastated at 26 years old, knew that I had a powerful mind and would need to put that into into practice. So I said to myself from the beginning, no matter what, I'm going to learn about this condition four years ago, I was told that I was actually misdiagnosed with MS for 22 years. Again, another, another shock. However, I was told I had something considered to be more serious, neuromyelitis optica or NMO. I was devastated. Again, my mother whisked me up, took me down to Mayo Clinic where there's an expert in the world on this condition. And he took one look at me and said, Catherine, are you Catherine Ford? I said, yes. And he said, wow, you don't even look like someone who's had MS for 22 years, let alone NMO. And I said, well, thank you, doctor. I'm going I'm to take that as a compliment. What are you doing besides the medication that we have you on? So I began to tell him all of the things that I was doing from a holistic and integrative and complementary medicine practice. And he said, well, listen, don't stop anything. Keep doing all of that. We're just going to change your medication. And in fact, he said, this is probably something you should be sharing with other people because you've had magnificent results. He said, I I do have one more thing to let you know. 
the medication that you've been on for over 16 years for your MS, he said that has actually been proven to be harmful to people with NMO. I began having feelings of resentment, like, oh my gosh, how could this be? I went through so much to stay on it. And then I said to myself, the only person that those feelings are going to hurt is me. So I looked at the doctor and I said, doctor, I have a very powerful mind. And I thought those injections were helping me, so I know they didn't hurt me. And he said, we're sticking with that. So then he proceeded to put me on a new medication. And again, I was faced with another setback. After just a few short months of being on that medication, I began experiencing life-threatening side effects. And I had to make the very difficult decision to go off the medication. So in going off the medication, I knew that I was going to have to even more deeply immerse myself in holistic and complementary and integrative medicine and tap into even deeper the power of my mind. This is definitely my purpose in life and what I am supposed to be doing with everything that's happened to me, and that's to help other people thrive and live a life of excellence no matter what happened in their past, no matter what's happening in their life right now, because I believe we can all live a life of excellence no matter what. Sometimes the journey can knock you down to your feet where you can barely stand up, but that's, isn't that the key that you can barely, it's not like you can't stand up. I want to ask you about this theme of balancing our, our day-to-day lives and practicing self-care and yeah. self-love, which, which I see as the same. What do you think is uh, blocking people from being able to bring the self-love, self-care into their lives? I believe love is always present, but balance is the key. And when we are, we are out of balance in any key area in our life, whether it's our health, our relationships, our creative expression in the world, our time and money freedom, that affects our ability to tap into the love that's ever-present. My work in the world is really teaching people and showing them how to bring balance back into their, their lives, their world, their awareness, so that they can tap into that love. The best way that I have discovered through my research is through self-care. Self-care is an, is an extension of self-love, and it brings that right into our being so that we can access it. Can you just give like one or maybe two examples of what self-care looks like? For me, self-care means we take care of ourselves first. It means we practice truly loving ourselves. And when we do that, we're in fact better equipped for everyone else and to help everyone else too. And for me, being in touch with nature is really key. So one of the things that I do each morning when I'm, I have a little five-pound Yorkie and I take him out each morning for a, a, a walk is that I get real in touch with my surroundings and the nature. I live in Santa Monica at the beach, and I may go out to the beach and just be close to the water, take a peek at the dolphins, the birds in the trees. What am I hearing? This morning I saw a beautiful seagull that I just spent some time with and really connected with that bird. And it's those kinds of things. It's finding out what's, what's important to you. I have three self-care secrets, and one of them is relentless pampering. 
And for me, getting in touch with nature consistently is part of my practice of pampering myself. And exploring what true pampering means to your body, mind, and spirit is so important. And it's different for each of us. And that's really the key is to get in touch with what connects you with love. The second one is experiencing happiness every day. I believe happy means healthy. And in fact, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson's research shows us that not all things that feel good offer the same benefit on a cellular level. One of the key ways to live into maximizing this happy means healthy is to ride the wave of helping or being supportive of someone else. And so one of the prescriptions that I prescribe to my clients is that of helping someone else. When you're actually experiencing a challenging time yourself, extend your assistance to someone else. It's magical. And the last one is to live in the vibration of self-love. I believe the largest component of self-care is love. And extending that deep, pure love towards yourself will do more for your health and well-being than anything else you can think of. It's really our birthright to feel safe, nurtured, loved, and supported. And we must ensure that an ever-important dose of these feelings are consistently streaming from ourselves back to ourselves. And I believe that we have this ever-present, unlimited ocean of love within us, and the first place we must send a healthy dose to is ourselves. I think for a lot of people, this might be the first time that they ever heard that they are entitled or mm-hmm. um, even believe that you are a smaller surface. You might be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. just so many people, and I'm speaking from experience also, this whole idea of feeling entitled it isn't even in the realm of consciousness. I remember the word entitled. I couldn't even remember that word, let alone visualize or think how to spell it because it was so removed from my my mindset. And I'm sure I'm not alone because given all the millions of people, billions of people on this earth, I seriously doubt I'm alone on that one. No, I hear that all um, the time. So you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And I also experienced that myself. And what turned the corner for my health was, and my well-being was that I recognized I was receiving signals from my body that I was choosing to ignore. I let it get so bad that there was no choice but to make me the priority. Literally, my life was at stake. But, you know, funny thing, I realized I'm not neglectful with others, but I certainly was with me. It's the same with being self-critical. I'm not that way with anyone else. But with me, oh, my gosh, I certainly was. It was totally unhealthy. And I had to practice treating me with respect and to being as loving with me as I am with myself. And this idea of, of having permission to do that was very, very challenging for me at first. And so now I tell a lot of people, Allow me to give you that permission. I am giving you that permission. And in fact, um, one incident that comes to mind, I was talking with a gentleman and he said, you know, I was telling, t- telling him about all of this and, and self-love, and he said, wow, 
He said, I love the fact that you are giving me permission to go back to Big Sur. And I said, Big Sur? And he said, yes, that is such a healing place for me, and I need to go. But there was something that was holding me from it, and it was himself holding, withholding that love that he knew that he needed to get back there and connect with, with that area because it nourished him. So, no, you're, you're very right. A lot of, oftentimes when I'm talking with people and meeting people for the first time, this is exactly what they say. They didn't even know that it was okay for them to experience this. And this is not selfish. It's self-care, which is self-love. And Louise Hay says there's only one thing that heals every problem, and that is to love yourself. To get back to the fundamentals, and I, I'm really big on examples. Sure. You mentioned about respecting yourself. When you said that, the first thing I thought of was, well, what does that look like? What does that look like for you? I love quotes, so I'm going to start with giving you another quote. And this one is from Dr. Seuss. Be who you are and say what you feel. Because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. And I believe in saying who we are, saying what we feel, expressing ourselves is so important to respecting ourselves, setting those healthy boundaries, making sure that our relationships in our life are healthy healthy relationships. There's power in healthy relationships. I believe that relationships cellularize, the feelings cellularize in our bodies, and they're directly tied to our health and well-being and the joy that we can experience in our lives. So boundaries, health boundaries are very, very important. Also, I was going to say some other examples of expressing love to yourself is to go within and connect, have a conversation with yourself and connect with what does love mean to you? What does pampering mean to you? What does it mean to live in the vibration of self-love and to experience happiness every day? Because what it means to me may be very different from what it means to you or to the next person. And some examples of, of what they, that may mean, some of the people I work with love to read. They love self-development. So it's taking that extra half an hour at the end of the day, maybe curling up with a cup of tea in your favorite chair, and allowing yourself that time, that rejuvenation time. It may mean going to get a massage or even spending a long weekend at a beautiful spa or connecting with your girlfriends or your friends twice a month for lunch. And what I love, the exercise I love to do that helps people determine what it is that they would love, because it's all about each of us as an individual, is to do some sourcing on this. I would just ask everyone to do an experiment with me. Take 15 minutes today after the call and source a list of self-care ideas that you resonate with. And just ask yourself, get quiet and just ask yourself, what would you love? What would you really love? What would make you feel good? How can you extend that love back to yourself? What do you resonate with? Is it 
reading a book in the evening? Is it spending some time in the morning in meditation? Is it grabbing that wonderful cup of coffee that you love that maybe you haven't been doing enough of? Is it connecting with friends more? Is it taking a walk? For me, that's very healing, very important every day. And then I want you to go back and circle the ones that have the most energy around them, the most energy. So make your list, circle the ones that have the most energy that you resonate most with, and then put them on your calendar. This is the key, is really to make sure that we're practicing this. So put them on your calendar. It's, it's really fun. I have two times during the day that I call right on my calendar rejuvenation time. And my assistant knows that that's sacred time for me. That's my time to connect with me and my well-being. So she knows that absolutely under no circumstances, unless it's an emergency, does anything get scheduled over the top of that. Because another thing we tend to do when in our busy, hectic lives, we tend to start shaving from our self-care time when things get busy. So to schedule it is another great tool to ensure that it really does happen. That's wonderful. You know, I think that so many people, you know, when they come up in a situation and they get stuck or overwhelmed them down, they forget, and I have been in this position, that other people, while they may not have gone through the exact story, a very similar story, and one tends to forget they don't need to reinvent the wheel. They can reach out to other people, you being a prime example. Catherine, thank you for your brilliance and your your sunshine. And, oh, thank um, you. If anyone would like to contact me, you can reach me at Susan at conversationsatheal.com. Also, you can leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes, and not only will that contact me, but it will also help us reach more listeners who, like you, are in search of living a life of peace and joy. Above all, remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you all for listening to Conversations That Heal.